Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian generation. You will recollect that last week we listed about five items for study, key areas in which we can apply God's management principle. We listed men, money, materials, potential, and time, coined as MQPT. Men, money, material, potential, and time. We listed all these as components of resources available to us, of course, in different mail within our various circumference of management influence. So all of us at different scale, gradient or mayor, we will have risen to manage men, money, material, potential, and of course, our time. And we went on that last week to put the focus of the study, the lens of our study, was focused on men, and we consider men as the closest social capital. So, men were considered as the closest social capital from family to friendship circumference to workplace circumference to social circumference in the larger society. So, we consider men as the closest social capital that we can bank on in the human plane okay, to achieve good living. You should understand the fact that all this consideration and emphasis is because the context of our discussion is limited to the human plane. Otherwise, our intimacy should be more with God because the builder build in vain except the Lord build the house. So we have reserved the place of God for God. Now we are discussing at the human plane. So let that register very well. And so today, uh, we are going to make effort to gain further wisdom on how to function efficiently as stewards of God's resources. Many resources in our custody, including those ones that I have mentioned. And the focus of our study lens we shift today to management of money. Management of money. So it's going to be about the application of God's management principle with regard to financial matters. So we are shifting to management of money. And let me make this appeal before we proceed. And what is the appeal? The appeal is that you will need to expand your attention span. Tell your neighbor, expand your attention span. Be more attentive and be intentional. Let there be that willingness to learn. Because some of the issues we are going to be dealing with will not be superficial at all. And so, as I am teaching, you must also be reflecting. 
as I am teaching, you must be what? Reflecting. And at the same time, you are writing. One must not affect the other. So you are hearing, you are reflecting, and you are writing. Then afterward, you will digest. Praise the name of the Lord. All this will be very useful to you in the name of Jesus. Tap your neighbor if you have one very close to you. Hear well. Hear well. Reflect at the same time. Write. Digest. And apply afterward. God bless you as you do that in the name of Jesus. Why am I making this appeal? I am making the appeal because as it looks to me, when the Holy Spirit engaged me on this subject, it's unlikely that the message will be... I mean, it is not unlikely that the message will be a marathon. We are actually going to draw from God's deep well of revelation. So it's likely going to be a marathon. And so what will help you to expand your attention span and sustain your interest is that you will need to deploy what I call the true disciple spirit. What do I call it? Again, the true disciple spirit. Okay, that will be required to gain the most from the teaching. Tell yourself, I'm gaining the most from the teaching. Convince yourself about that. I am prepared to gain the most from the teaching. Now, what is the true disciple spirit? The true disciple spirit, among other things, attend church like a school to learn and not like a market to merely shop for goods. Are we together? Among other attributes that a true disciple must have, okay, is that a true disciple must attend church, attend fellowship, attend seminars, attend meetings, not like a place, not like a market where you just go to merely shop for goods. Okay, you can just give them your, your the list of the things you want to purchase and they collect for you and say how much and you pay. And then you bull, <laughs> no, you you, you just go your own way. You can do that when you go to a place to shop. Okay, but you can't do that in a church. You must have that true disciple of a learner coming to church and putting all the attribute of a student in a school, a pupil in a school to learn. Don't just come like you are in a market to merely shop for goods. Now, let's start this way. What is the authority of the scripture? Okay. to put mouth let me put it that way to put mouth in financial matter so the dependability of scripture to learn financial principles from, uh, from it now if you look at some culture they are not always bold to address some sensitive issues sensitive subjects but for the scripture, like we emphasized last week, is all scripture is given to address all issues of life. So the scripture has universal application. The principles that you can learn from the Bible has universal application. And the dependability of the scripture, okay, for us to trust the scripture. Okay, to deliver for us when its principles are applied 
is because the scripture is very bold in addressing all subjects. So the scripture does not adopt pretense in dealing with any issue, including money. There is no subject, okay, whereby you want to study and you will find the scripture dilly-dally, not being straight. So the scripture does not dilly-dial on any issue. No pretense in attending to any issue. So it is from that we are drawing the confidence not to sigh away from addressing the subject of money. Since in the scriptures we have sufficient light that address the subject. And the subject was addressed with boldness in the scripture. Not just with boldness, but with the needed balance that is required to be a good steward of material resources of all kinds. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you may learn from other places, but it's going to be precept a bit here, a bit there. But for the scripture, okay, the fullness of all the issues connected with the matter has been addressed and with the needed balance uh, that we help us good steward of material resources of all kind. Then, don't also forget that our focus all through the study up to this fifth leg has been how to live by the word of God in the word of men. Hello. I want you to hear that very clearly. Very clearly. Because this, the topical issues we have been addressing in recent time has not been issues that you can tag strictly spiritual. We have not been talking about salvation. Hallelujah. But if you look at it, you will discover that uh, the issues we have been addressing are the issues that will make us to be able to apply our salvation. The issues that will require the application of our sanctification. The issues that will make us to engage the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day living. Are we together? So, please let that register very well that the strategy of our study in recent time and its focus has been how to live by the word of God in the word of men. And Jesus said that. That was why in working with his disciples, he let them know that they are in this world, not of this world. Are we together? And so, how to actually live in this world, okay, and not be a part of this world and not love this one in the scripture live by the word of God. The scripture says love not the word, neither the things that are in the world is passing away. So how do you now live in the world of men and not love the world is to live by the word of God. Am I talking to somebody? So our discussion on financial management and connected issue is certainly not another prosperity by abuse of opportunity message that is prevalent everywhere. So, money and spirituality. Money and spirituality. So, to address 
the issue of money. Okay, we can go by the zero spirituality approach. What do I say? Zero spirituality approach. And that is why you find some believer when it comes to the issue of money or doing business, they will tell you very frankly that uh, don't bring spiritual matter to this one. This is purely business. Praise the name of the Lord. And many don't know where to draw the boundary. And they will so say it with an absolutism, okay, that we envelope their Christian identity. Hello? You should not be engaged in business or pursue money to the extent that uh, your pursuit of money will envelope or swallow your Christian identity. But that will happen if your approach to financial matter is with what I call zero spirituality approach. Is somebody following my argument? Zero spirituality approach. The, the other approach is absolute spirituality approach. Absolute uh, spirituality approach whereby you don't leave room for the aspect of application of human intelligence in dealing with the issue of money. So, when you address the issue of money from zero spirituality approach, you will risk what I call a perilous end. So, zero spirituality approach will lead you to a perilous end because you may, in the process, okay, gain a portion of the world because you can't gain the whole world, okay, and then eventually lose your soul. That will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Then, if you use the absolute spirituality approach, you may end up with what I call the penurious end. And so you live in penury. You will have a very sound spiritual life, very sound prayer life, okay? but you have to go cap in hand, beg around, before you can meet your need. That's a penurious end. Are we together? So in addressing this issue, I want you to know that this zero spirituality approach is a perilous approach. Why? The absolute spirituality approach, the one that fends out application of human intelligence could also be penurious. So let me put it differently because you need to get this foundation. And that's why I have begged earlier on for you to expand your attention span because you are about to drink from deep well of kingdom revelation. So let's put it again this way. The zero spirituality approach 
which means you are pursuing the issue of money. You are chasing money without God, okay, and without embracing religious morals. I never use the word religious moral because I know that this message is also connecting with people that are not Christians. Praise the name of the Lord. And one thing about the principle of God, like I keep on saying, is that it is universal. So if you are, you are saved and you don't apply biblical principle, you won't get biblical result. Okay, but an unsaved soul, though he may not make heaven, if he applies biblical principles in his business venture, he will get the results that is biblical. Am I talking to somebody? So, the zero spiritual approach is one whereby you pursue issues of money, financial issues, business management without God and without embracing religious morals. And that, of course, can lead to eternal disaster. Whereas the absolute spirituality approach, which is the approach whereby only God and religious morals are the only thing you are applying, that one can make you live in penury. So what do we therefore need? We need a balanced perspective. And that will be the objective that this session seeks to achieve. A balanced what? Perspective. Now, the Bible is clearly against devilish wisdom. However, some measure of earthly wisdom is required in earthly the issue of money. Yet, this earthly wisdom is an alloy of devilish wisdom of which the believer must not live in oblivion. The earthly wisdom is an alloy of uh, good and devilish wisdom. It's a combination, it's a mix. So therefore, you need the true wisdom of God to divide between what is good and what is bad. And that is why Romans chapter 12, verse 1, come in very handy. We present ourselves unto God as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable for the purpose of us being able to discern what is that good and perfect will of God. I pray that as you engage in your business, as you engage in your day-to-day -day management of financial resources, you will not lack the wisdom of God to divide eh, and separate the bone from the meat when it comes to the issue of applying earthly wisdom in the name of Jesus. James chapter 3. I take the reading from verse 13. We will also read verse 14 and 15. Who is a wise man and with knowledge among you? Let him 
zeal out of a good conversation is work with meekness of wisdom. Meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and striving in your heart, in the business world, oh, you can be so sure expect bitter envy and strife. Business competition. Okay? That are unhealthy. Glory not. And lie not against the truth. Now, when that is not happening, the scripture in verse 15 says, this wisdom descended not from above, but earthly, sensual, and what? Devilish. So, if that is the case, you are coming with godly wisdom. You are coming with meek uh, approach. And somebody is coming with a wicked uh, approach. You must be sufficiently knowledgeable enough, okay, to know the other person. And one of the reasons Jesus survived untimely death, you know that Jesus did not eventually die an untimely death. He died an appointed death. Hello? Though he died young, but not an untimely death. He died what? An appointed death. But he will have died younger than he died. He will have died earlier than he died. But the reason he didn't die earlier than he died is because the Bible says Jesus knew all men. Hello? So he was not knowledgeable only of the kingdom principle. He was also knowledgeable of the tactics and the evil tacts that the worldly people can bring against him. So he knew them. Praise the name of the Lord. And is the reason all the different approach, all the different doors they tried to use to assess his life and kill him before his time did not work. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in applying the faith approach in business matter, in money issue, we must not be blind or live in oblivion of the earthly wisdom which is an alloy of what is good and what is devilish. So, faith application when it comes to the issue of money must be de deployed with vi vigilance and faith application when it comes to the issue of money must be deployed with and tact. The scripture says, watch and pray. Now, when there is absence of tact, it will make you a prey of financial fortunes. And financial fortunes are everywhere. They are ready to dupe you over every matter. You do online business, if care is not taken, they will finish you. Are we together? You open a shop, okay? They will come and buy on credit and on credit upon credit upon credit until they grant everything. Okay, and you are saying, Oh, you know, you know, you know, you know, okay, what them about the Am I talking to somebody? And they are not, and it isn't that they don't have the capacity to pay, but what you read, we are delay, Ara, we need Ara, Ara, we Lord, okay, I do, I do, yes, I don't know, I don't know, I make a low. Am I talking to somebody? You want to say, Oh, you know, 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 you know,
Is somebody learning something this morning? So, you must therefore deploy your faith with vigilance and with tact when it comes to financial matter. Because there are financial fortunes everywhere. They are locking everywhere. Now, let us consider the parable of the unprofitable servant and his master. And you will discover how the unprofitable servant employed the earthly wisdom to deal with his master. And his master incurred losses and uh, he provided the protection for himself. Luke 16. We'll take the reading from verse 1 and stop on verse 9. Hope we are all well connected with me. Are you connected? Somebody shout hallelujah. I can hear the women. And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, Look at how just the master was. He did not just want to dismiss him based on hearsay. He gave him fair hearing. That is deployment of kingdom principle. He gave him fair hearing. How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy still watching. For thou may be no longer still. But however, he took that step in haste. He took that step in what? In haste. He really did not put the necessary precautions that would be able to make him to catch him red-handed. And rather than catch him by the wrist, okay, he caught him by the elbow. And so, the one that was applying the earthly wisdom can easily dupe him and go away. Are, are we together? Are you seeing the light of the direction we are trying to do an exposition on this scripture? Then verse 2, and he called him and said unto him, I see that I hear this of thee. This is wonderful godly principle. Okay? They report your employee to you. You try to do a finding. Not that you just blow up and just dismiss the employee just like that. But he, he did it in haste. He didn't do all the necessary background uh, check. Give an account of that still worship. For thou may, may no longer be steward. Then this was said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord take away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. Application of earthly wisdom, which I said is an alloy of good and evil. So, he called every one of his lost debtor unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? You see, before accusing him to his face, okay, if the master had called for an audit, are we together? If the master had called for an audit, the, this boy may have not been able to outsmart him. 
But he didn't call for an audit. So he called every one of his Lord debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, Can hundred mayor of oil? And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measure of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bead and write four score. And the Lord commended the unjust steward. Because by the time he brought the book, all the books were perfect. But the boy had made an arrangement for his own retirement. Even if the business crumbled, doesn't concern him. Are we together? Okay? And knowing fully well that one day, one day, they may still discover this thing. So, rather than allow himself to be fired, okay, he, uh, he, he, he applied for voluntary retirement. And the Lord commanded the unjust world. And of course, it's very possible they even organized a sent forth service for him and gave him wonderful reward. Because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And that is why we are engaging the scripture to learn how to live by the word of God in the world of men. If you don't learn this principle, you will lose out. If you don't learn this principle, you will always hold the short end of the road. If you don't learn this principle, you will be duped. If you don't learn this principle, you will be taken as a stupid person and the world will always ride on you. And at the end of the day, you will lose so many things that you ought not to lose. And of course, if you are not well deep-rooted in faith, you will blame God for your misfortune. Whereas, you are only suffering, okay, from your foolishness. Not from the fact that uh, God's presence was not with you, or that the scriptural standards are not uh, valid. Or that God intended you to live a godly life so that you can be punished. No. The Bible says, the laws of God, they are not grievous. The laws of God, they are not the things that you apply and you regret. But if you don't apply them with vigilance and tact, if you apply them wrongly, when you are dealing with men of the world, you will bite your fingers. I mean, you will burn your fingers. And of course, you also bite the finger because you will regret. That will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Jesus now say, and I say unto you, make you to yourself friends of the mammon of righteousness, that when ye fail, they may refuse you into everlasting habitation. Now, how do you now escape religious error in financial matters? Religious errors in financial matters. Take note that God's abundant riches and the universal grace of divine access has been provided to us 
at reasonable measure. All of us, the favor of God, when it comes to the issue of his abundant riches and the grace of universal access, all of us, we have it. It may not be in the, in the same measure. Hello? There's no man without opportunity. There's no man without what? Opportunity. So, however, the form of faith concepts that you hold about money can affect your material prosperity. Remember, we have talked about the zero spirituality uh, approach. We have also talked about uh, the absolute spirituality approach. And all of this, one way or the other, directly or indirectly, can affect or have influence on your level of material prosperity. Now, let us look at two negative ways in which a wrongly held faith concept can affect your prosperity status. So, when your perspective about money is not balanced, it can bring about any of the two following. Number one, and listen attentively. Our formula is still valid. Expand your attention. Church, answer me. Expand your attention what? Well, I do. Expand your attention span. Expand your attention. Yeah. Do what again? Reflect, write, digest, and afterward, apply. So, when your perspective about money is not balanced, it can bring about any of these two. One, it can breed what I call a paranoid attitude to words. You know, when they say somebody is paranoid of something, you are irrationally suspicious. So when you, are, when you are paranoid about something, it means you are unreasonably suspicious. And do you know that there are many people, and in fact, majority among faith people, that are suspicious of everybody that is wealthy. And that can be traced to the fact that it's very likely, but most likely, that they are holding an imbalanced perspective about money. And so, unnecessarily, they become unconsciously afraid of wealth and wealthy people. Consciously or unconsciously, they become enemy of wealth and of wealthy people. If you belong to that category, there shall be deliverance for you under this voice in the name of Jesus. So, a wrong perspective 
about money can breed paranoia attitude to wealth and wealthy people. And I describe that as a state of irrational or unjustified suspicion or mistrust of worthy individuals. And this is capable of the following. One, you will have misgiving about money. And that will in turn induce a poverty-ridden lifestyle. I remember, I remember growing up. I used to dream very big. Okay? But because of what my parents had suffered, for every big idea that I suggest or step that I take, including trying to buy a shoe at, I think, about 17 or 18. Okay? I, I, I can recollect my mother telling me, okay, are we together? Only God knows how many Dunlop slippers we used to celebrate Christmas. And we enjoy it. You know what they call safflet in those days? Eh? With slippers. Although Tishé. Okay. And I will be demanding for shoe. <laughs> Are we together? <laughs> so, a poverty-ridden lifestyle. It we also generate malicious hatred for those that are rich in material wealth. So you don't want to know whether they have the wealth legally or illegally, legitimately or illegitimately. You just discover that one way or the other, you have this subtle hatred or malice towards people that are rich in material wealth. But you have to know this, and it will help change your thinking. I'm talking to somebody that has been destined to be great, but whose mentality is holding down. Receive liberty in the name of Jesus. You see, money serves its good purpose. By its transfer from person to persons. Hoarded money is useless money. Hoarded money is what? Is useless money. If you come from the kind of background I am talking from, I, I am coming from, okay, the only principle of financial management we are taught is how to keep money. We are hardly taught how to invest money. And so as young children growing up, whenever we are giving gifts, we have this colo, this homemade bank, where we keep the money. And anytime we open it, and we collect whatever we have saved, it is not for investment. It is to buy Christmas shoe. Not Sometimes it is not even to buy our school books. Because if we use it to buy our school books, it will be an investment. Our parents will still buy uh, Christmas school for us. 
In fact, some children, by the time they open it, oh, that is the time to go and buy peppermint. Are we together? Now, get this understanding about money. Whether you are children or you are an adult, that money serves its good purpose by its transfer from person to persons. Majorly, through exchanging it for goods and services. So, hoarded money is useless money. And that is what is killing Africa. Any opportunity for anybody to get into governance and leaders, they carry our money to keep. So, money serves its good purpose by its transfer from person to persons, majorly through exchanging it for goods and services, and marginally through charity. So, but for the faith-minded person, all they know about use of money is when it is used by the rich for charity. And so, rather than look into the life of the wealthy and see what good can I give him okay, to also have part of his wealth flow to me, what service can I also provide to him to have part of his wealth flow to, to me, the poor will go and line up in their house for crumbs. Am I talking to somebody? And so, we will, all, all the poor in his neighborhood will conclude, I'm not saying charity is not part of it, but I'm saying it is marginal. Majorly, wet or money serves its good purpose by transfer from person to person among those who are exchanging goods and services among themselves. Am I talking to somebody? So why will you sit down at the level of crumb falling down from the rich man's table? Your Lazarus okay, may make heaven, but you may die in your penury. Am I talking to somebody? So the mentality of just saying the rich man should just help me, the rich man should just help me, Okay, please reduce it if you can completely eradicate it. Create good, create services. Okay, that whether the rich man like it or he doesn't like it, part of his wealth will also flow to you. Am I talking to somebody? So money serves its good purpose by its transfer from person to persons. Majorly through exchanging it for goods and services and marginally through charity. And when it is coming by charity, it's just a palliative. So, that being the case, people of God, there is no financial wisdom in putting on the habit that can isolate you from the circle of those whose words are meant to exchange for your good and services. And of course, marginally, whose benevolence is meant to provide for your needs. So, you should walk towards creating a link 
not putting an attitude that will bring about alienation or separation or distance you. Lord, call Jesus. Oh, Nigina, Sire. However, you find some people, religious minded people, people who are deploying faith concept in addressing financial matter, making that mistake, thinking that piety means becoming the enemy of the rich. Religiosity means becoming the enemy of the rich. So, when you are invested with that demon, I call it a demon, you will enjoy the company of the poor, not because you love the poor. Or you are in a position to help them, but because you are an assembly of envious people that envy the rich. It can happen in a small nuclear family. It can happen in an extended family. It can happen in a larger society. And so you see this gang up. You see this gang up. You see this gang up. And the gang up is for what purpose? It's not a ganging up that is helping themselves. So, I will love one call. I want you to cooperative. I will love one call. I want you to want to Am I sounding too radical? Oh, ni waye wa seru aye o. We are learning wisdom from the word of God by which we can live in the word of men. So, such people that I'm trying to paint to you, the only thing that can bind them to you is misfortune. So, they are your friend to the degree that you remain poor. The faintest smell of success in your corridor is enough to make them hate you with passion. So, they act like monitoring spirits. They know when you no longer belong to their carcass. And from there, they begin to send signal of hateful words against you. So, as enemies of sources, all you need to offend them is to start recording sources. Now, these people have an attitude that is unlike Jesus Christ. Don't forget, the matter has been God's management principle. Such attitude is unlike our Lord Jesus Christ, who kept the company of both the poor and the rich. When Jesus was here, you will see him in the company of the poor. But at the same time, you will see him, okay, engaging with the Matthews of this world, with the Nicodemus of this world, with the Zacchaeus of this world. And you know, it offends the company I am talking about. Jesus extolled the godly virtue of Lazarus. But he was also a friend to Joseph the Arimathea. Why? 
Why? He lived true to the prophecy concerning his ministry to the poor and his position among the rich. So he has a position among the rich so that he can fulfill his ministry to the poor. Am I talking to somebody? Only Martin, you are alone, but keep your connection to those who are making progress so that you also can make progress. Learn how to make progress and be able to help others that are coming from behind you. So, Jesus lived true to the prophecy that concerned his ministry to the poor. And of course, the prophecy concerning his position among the rich. The entire Isaiah 53. Go and read the entire Isaiah 53. It will give you a balanced perspective of how Jesus can strike a balance, okay, in his, in, in, in his uh, keeping of friends. Okay? Being with the rich did not isolate him from the poor. Being with the poor does not make him the enemy of the rich. Isaiah 53, let's isolate verse 8 and 9, but the entire chapter is relevant. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was his king. And if you read Isaiah 63 too, okay, there was a focus on the fact that uh, he has a message to the meek. A message of freedom and deliverance to the poor. Then verse Verse 9 of 53 Isaiah. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, even up to his death. Okay? He maintained his relationship with the rich because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. So, so by learning from Jesus Christ, okay, you can also you can also mingle Okay, without throwing away your faith, he made his grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death. Yet he did no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Living by the word of God in the word of men. So if you truly love the poor, you need where to help them. So if you find me in the company of the poor, God will put me in a position to help them, not to be lamenting like them. But many people are just comfortable lamenting like them. Am I talking to somebody? Now, when faith is wrongly deployed and not done in its balanced perspective, it is equally possible for you to end up in the error of lust. The error of what? Lust. As a sort of which you will develop an inordinate ambition to pursue money. And for what purpose? For a wrong use that the scripture 
therefore warned against that. The scripture warned against that. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's why the Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. So, if you don't have a balanced perspective, okay, you will just follow the worldly trend. You will just follow the formula that your rich friend who are not children of God are using. And at the end of the day, it becomes perilous for you. Don't forget, we mentioned zero spirituality approach. And that zero spirituality approach is perilous. Then, the absolute spirituality approach, that one is penurious. One will hand you hellfire, the other one will hand you poverty. Now, philosophical origin of money. Okay, maybe we should pause here today and then uh, continue next week so that uh, we don't have too much to digest and waste a lot of them. Not many of us are ruminant believers. Praise the name of the Lord. So let me give us very little to chew. The Lord bless you. Cause his face to shine over you. Deliver you from whatever will hinder your financial prosperity. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 080-356858-82 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church or Justin's University of Ilorin Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.